0: What's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellas Podcast. Lucas, Cameron, and Tyler hanging out with you Thursday, May 12th, later in the evening. Fellas, how are we doing tonight?
1: I am exhausted. So I don't know if you've seen the movie yesterday, Day, um, but it is, it is a movie about where the parents say yes to everything the kids want to do. And so I had a yes day as a class celebration today. And see, I rigged the whole thing. I had them write down three things I wanted on a piece of paper, and then I drew it out of a hat randomly, um, except all I did was just draw the same piece of paper over and over and then say what I wanted to do. It's like we went and played kickball like to start the day. And then there was one where I put shaving cream on two tables, and I just went ham playing with shaving cream for like 45 minutes. And that was just a disaster, but it was so much fun. And then we did, like, a dance party, and we watched a movie for an hour and a half, which was great. Um, we watched Sonic the Hedgehog. Did not realize how funny of a movie that is. Jim Carrey played a pretty great role there. I mean, he was kind of a kook, but, I mean, he is in real life, but it was he was played it very well. Um, so, an exhausting day, but a good day.
0: I have so many follow-up questions to that. <laughs> I we we could spend a whole twenty minutes on my follow up questions. I think. <laughs> Tyler, how, how's it going?
2: How about that weather, huh? Like, <laughs> we can legitimately like say how about the weather this time? Last Not as, night, that's fair. Yes, and apparently we're gonna get some storms tonight again. Apparently, I didn't so, even know that. Yeah, so. um stay safe y'all for those in uh twin cities areas because uh yeah it's not it's not fun weather to say the least
0: well by the time you hear this we hope you have stayed safe because you probably won't hear this until (laughs) until afterwards so (laughs) right now all right thanks for tuning in to another episode of the fancy football (laughs) Films podcast we'll uh we got a great episode coming for you today though God, uh, got a draft for fantasy football. So not a dynasty start, a dynasty question to discuss. News and notes to cover. And then we are going to do a rookie mock draft. Not a redraft mock draft, but an actual just rookie dynasty draft. I'm stoked for that. I am super excited for that. We're going to do a three-round rookie mock draft. It's just going to be best player available up and down the board in our opinion. Uh, and we will just take best player available and we will go through that mock draft and you will be able to hear our thoughts on a lot of the rookie prospects now that we know a good chunk of their landing spots. But to start our episode, uh, let's dive in to question of the day. And you know what? The transitions have been coming through on previous episodes. I'm done fighting Riverside. So Riverside, get your act together. Um, that's all I'm going to say. But uh, question of the day has to do with dynasty formats. From Kanye Seinfeld on TikTok. I love that username. Kanye Seinfeld on TikTok. What is the price on aging running backs such as Derrick Henry and Ezekiel Elliott in dynasty leagues? So what is the price on aging running backs? Example, Derrick Henry,
2: Ezekiel Elliott in dynasty leagues i'll take
1: Zeke okay, I was going to say you have him, so you take him <laughs>
2: he's not i, was in think, team. I do Go right, ahead, i I
1: think this. they're
0: valued i think I think they're valued differently, like I understand like Zeke is not the twenty four year old you know you know t- uh, twelve fifty running back anymore right he's not that guy, but aging feels like a little bit of a stretch. Derrick henry's aging that we can yeah. all agree on it. but anyways, yeah,
2: i'm Zeke is twenty six, so you're like, mm-hmm. oh, he should be, you know, that should be a nice little, you know, prime year for Zeke, if we want to call it that. Mm-hmm. But he's played six years in the league, so it's kind of like, okay, so if we're going aging off of experience, sure, totally off of get this, right? Um, I think I think this kind of plays into the, my monologue from last week. He's a low-end running back one still, and everyone's treating him like he's a running back two. And if you can get him as a running back two, I mean, that's awesome. But if you, let's say, you are a dynasty owner like myself, in fantasy, fantasy, and you're like, okay, should I move off of Zeke or not? I say hold on to him. Because it seems like he's going to be there for the foreseeable future, and if you get a whiff of him not being there and you do have a worry about him getting too old, sure, then go ahead. But get fair value on it. Don't undersell him, because he will still be a solid contributor to your fantasy team. So what's the price, so, Let me ask
1: you. So what's the price? That's what I was going to say. a guy like Zeke.
2: So, I guess, I mean, <laughs> I was going to use my trade with Cam as a little bit of a uh, guidance tool with our... Cam Acres and 101 trade, and mm-hmm. that's just not a good way to go about it. But if you can get like a solid wide receiver two and a handcuff for Zeke, maybe even like a a pick next year, like a a second or a third, I think that's a that's fair value for Zeke, and that's maybe maybe a little bit cheaper than what you would hope for because you did take him to be a running back one for your dynasty team. But as long as you're getting production and at least one of your players, it's better than selling the farm.
1: So let's say I offer you for, let's just talk our dynasty league, cause my, my team, the way it's set up, I'll probably be a seventh, seventh picker later. You know, that's top four. Yep. Um, and so let's say I offer you my first and like a Ramondre Stevenson for next year.
2: I would not take that.
1: No, you would not take it. So you'd need a little bit more. You'd need a you would want a player right yeah. now. All right. That makes sense. So let's say let's say I offered you the same trade back. I gave you one oh one this year. So Brees Hall for Zeke. Who are you taking?
2: Zeke. But right. if it was next I, I would take, if it was next year I would maybe take Brees just with a year of experience, okay. but Yeah. That's that so sense. tough I because,
0: think yeah, because I, I at, at the same time I I love Zeke. I'm still a believer in Zeke. Mm-hmm. I'm like holding out for like one more. It, it, it's tough because you can get like another year and a half of top tier production from Zeke, but then mm-hmm. Brees Hall really steps into his prime, and so it's okay. Do you want to play the waiting game of like another year and a half? How long do you want to be rebuilding for? Do you want to be rebuilding forever? I think it does like team context does kind of come into play, but I think yeah. I think if you do give up Zeke, like you want a first, but you also want at least a semi-contributing running back in return. I think I would like I, I like that I would like the idea of having a first and another running back. I just don't know if Ramondre Stevenson would be the running back I'd want in return.
1: Yeah, that makes sense because I think for me the reason I would say Brees is this year after Staten out, I got I got Zeke like. 42 points ahead of Brees Hall for their finish. So that would be 2.5 points over the whole year. Right? And so, when I'm looking at it, okay, I lose out on 2.5 points a game, but I have a guy now where I don't have to worry about him for the next four years. Kind of a thing. You know, who I think is only going to get better, is only going to cut more into Michael Carter's role. So that would that would be my reasoning behind it, just because I do have that age. I think the age factor is significant enough right, to kind of outweigh how much I think he's going to I'll play him this year because I still think I mean he can still easily be an eleven twelve touchdown guy. You know, I mean there there's no reason he can't be, especially in this offense right now. So right, still high power. That's enough. just that's just where I leave. Yes. Yeah. And I think I feel the same way for Derrick Henry because we're talking about. I mean Derrick Henry could still be running back four this year. Oh, easy. You know. Yeah. I mean he can, but he is turning what twenty nine. Yeah. Like how many how many more years are you going to have of that? Is it going to be like an Adrian Peterson fall off or like Oh, you get a thousand yard season on another team, but you're not like you would never start him, you know? Yeah. Like when Adrian Peterson did with Washington. Like I would have hated starting him every week, but you know he just kind of grunts his way to a thousand yards. So I think I'd do the same thing. I think I'd trade the one on one for Brees. One two would be tough with Kenneth Walker. If I went looking at next year, I'd probably want a first. And like you're saying, kind of that other running back. Um, if it was a high first, and I wasn't trying to compete, so if I was rebuilding. I think i'd take out another high first you know if i'm like if i can get like a 105 next year i think i'd start considering that probably adding in a second for derrick henry
0: derrick henry is so tough because you know you're going to get you're likely going to get top tier production from him one more season hopefully fingers crossed one more season that's not a guarantee but the problem is dude's 29 after this year like do you really want a 29 year old running back on your roster and, and like, that's not applying any context, but let's be real. Derrick Henry's hit the, the 1,500 touch mark. So it, it, it it's really only downhill for Derrick Henry. Like, it probably won't – there's no more going up for Derrick Henry. So do you sell Derrick Henry even for younger pieces who won't – who probably mm-hmm. will never produce top five production? But let's say you got Cam Akers – and I'm trying to think of like a lower tier, like CH. running back. I would three.
1: do Cam. A- I would do Cam Akers for Derrick Henry right now, straight up. Straight up, you would. I would because he, the way it's just looking at Cam Akers, he's. I feel the same way about J.K. Dobbins. They are in offenses where they're going to score touchdowns. And he's 20. I mean, actually, Cam Akers, I I probably would struggle a little bit with just because that
0: Achilles injury terrifies me still. Yes, I don't want. I don't want anything to know, do with
1: that. Damn. So let me ask you that like Jacob Dobbins, would you do Jacob Dobbins for those two? Either of those two? Not straight up. I'd want of,
0: another piece in addition to JK probably. Not a big piece, but. I, see, a, a, I
1: think I would do JK straight up for either one. Like I would take JK for either one of those two.
0: If you gave me like JK in a second for Derek Henry, I'd probably do it. I would okay. j- just, yeah. I need something to sweeten the deal at least a little bit where I get at least another piece of future yep. capital outside of like, I need you to, like, be committed to me that you're actually trying to win now and you're not just trying to take young pieces from me.
1: For sure. For sure.
0: Cool. Well, that, uh, hopefully that gives a little bit more insight to our thoughts on aging prospects such as Derek Henry. If you want to throw Zeke in there, I guess that's understandable. Um, but let's, uh, let's turn the corner, some news and notes from around the league. Big note from today. Uh, Jerry Judy. Arrested this morning for second-degree criminal tampering with a domestic violence enhancer. As of right now, there's no suspension coming his way, nothing like that. Um, I'm guessing we can probably expect one. I think the the only thing that we can really conclude right now is if Jerry Judy should miss time, from a fantasy football perspective, Cortland Sutton is the guy you want in that Denver offense now. I think it goes all of a sudden like Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler is the order in which you'll want those guys. Any disagreements there?
1: Yeah. No. No, I mean, especially now that KJ Hamler is going to be the next Tyler Lockett. <laughs> um, I think you really got to look at him. For those who don't know, KJ Hamler said that he was going to try to be a Tyler Lockett. And it's like, bro, you're the fourth on the depth chart. And you have Javante and Melvin Gordon. You are not Tyler Lockett. I love the dreams, but you're not.
0: You got you to go put Cortland Sutton and... Uh, Tyler Lockett's numbers side by side, advanced stats. Mm-hmm. You got to put them side by side. They are the same player. <laughs> Cortland Sutton and Tyler Lockett are the exact same player, and you can't convince me otherwise. Yeah. So,
1: Sutton's bigger though, too, isn't he? He yeah. is bigger. That is true. So he's going to be even more of a red zone threat than Lockett was. Yeah. So, Cortland Sutton season, baby.
0: Next piece of news: uh, Sony Michelle signs with the Miami Dolphins. One year, one point seven million dollar deal. Cameron, you got way too excited about this because I, I think you're actually convinced it's Sony Michelle season in um, Miami.
1: You know, I, I don't actually think he's gonna be relevant. Okay. But I do okay. Sony <laughs> um, I never questioned you know, your like initial them.
0: like celebration of it. So I was like, wait, do you <laughs> actually think like it's Sony Michelle season in in Miami?
1: No, I, I really think he's gonna be irrelevant, but. I mean, he helped me win a playoff game last year. I loved him in the playoffs against New England. I drafted him high, and then he busted completely. But I still love myself. Good Sony Michelle.
0: I think Sony Michelle is far more about Raheem Mostert than it is Mm -hmm. the Miami Dolphins actually wanting to utilize, while voice crack, wanting to utilize Sony Michelle in their offense next year. Yeah. Raheem's what, 20? Is he 29? Is 29. he 30? 28? 29. Yeah, he's yeah, 29. Coming off of two big injuries and back-to-back seasons, I think it's much more about Raheem Mostert than it is. Like, we don't have enough running backs on our roster. So,
2: Well, I mean, Raheem yeah. Mostert is the new Tevin Coleman, right? He's the guy that gets sure. the, the scheme, and he's just there as mm-hmm. a mentor. He he, can't, he can maybe contribute, but it's not going to be enough for fantasy relevance or anything like
1: that. Yeah, no. For sure. No.
0: Most definitely not. Other signing, Mike Davis. Hot commodity on the uh, free agent <clears throat> market. <laughs> Signs with the Baltimore Ravens. One year, $1. $1.2 million deal. I don't know. Does Mike Davis become interesting all of a sudden? Yes? No? Maybe so?
2: No. Well, so, I was going to say borderline just because we don't know the timetable for Dobbins oh, and Edwards okay, to come okay. back. Bingo. So... Once we get closer to training camp, or so whatnot, then Mike Davis can be a little intriguing. But I, for at like, if you you had to, if you were holding a gun to my head and saying, would you pick up Mike Davis for the season right now? I'm not.
0: No, no, no. I'm I'm not drafting him in redraft leagues. I'm not picking him up in dynasty mm-hmm. leagues. I'm not doing anything with Mike Davis. I need to wait till training camp to hear how both Gus Edwards and JK Dobbins are doing before I put any kind of emotional investment it's st- statting even into Mike yeah. Evans or Mike Davis, excuse me. Uh last piece of news, probably the biggest piece of news from today. NFL released the full twenty twenty two schedule today. Uh just Woo-hoo. just a few highlights. We could go through the whole schedule, but that's a podcast in and of itself. Um, a few highlights from the schedule, Russell Wilson makes his debut back in seattle right away week one with the denver broncos that'll be fun bucks and cowboys meet for week one again on sunday night football that one kind of confuses me i don't understand why they're meeting week one again but hey uh nfl wants to make some money i suppose that's a way to do it uh thanksgiving games bills versus lions giants versus cowboys we got the patriots and vikings our Minnesota Vikings are playing on Thanksgiving. How do we feel?
2: I don't Thankful. understand. Ah, <laughs> oh, not, not Scared. Is it just me, or do all the night games on Thanksgiving Day are just the most random games mm-hmm. ever? Like, last year, it was the Bills and the Saints, right? Like, yeah. you get the Lions... At noon, then you get the Cowboys, and that's tradition. And then the third game is just like, yeah, we'll we'll take the New England, Minnesota. We How about still that? still
0: need a Thursday night football game, as if they can't have mm-hmm. one at like three thirty and one at seven thirty, right? Like,
1: <laughs> also, we got to change tradition. Detroit does not deserve <laughs> no. to play on Thanksgiving. They haven't deserved it ever. Ever. Dan
2: Campbell's that gonna they're... come
1: bite your kneecap off because he said that. Fine. He can be upset, but they name the last time they deserved it. Uh when they had Never. Matthew
0: Stafford and Megatron, arguably one of the more dynamic and exciting wide receiver cornerback, quarterback duos in the NFL.
1: Okay, they had one good year together. Okay, like I mean like win wise, not like fantasy no. relevance wise. Yeah. And the rest of the team sucks. I mean, come on. They are gonna be fun to watch this year, but their roster is terrible. I'm sorry. That's just how it is, and they're not getting better. Yeah, who do
2: they? Who do they draw up in their matchup to? The Bills. The Bills. The Bills. Night, so night, night that will lines. either be like a
1: really interesting game, or the Bills are gonna put up fifty-six. <laughs> like the the Bills might win by four touchdowns.
0: Yeah, what do you think the betting line will be for that game? Over, uh, not not over under, What what's the spread?
1: Oh, 14
0: yeah, and a half. And I, a half. I, I was, I was going to throw all 14 and a half. That was going to be my, and you're taking the over. Yeah. <laughs> or not over, you're oh, taking I'm the taking Bills you. to cover.
1: I yeah. put Yes. Put two, three units down.
2: <laughs> three
0: units.
1: I can yeah, see Christmas too,
0: Eve
2: the commercials leading up to that game. The rookie, Aiden Hutchinson, the superstar quarterback, Josh Allen, who comes out on top. I know. What's
1: really? up up there? <laughs> is that what
2: we're advertising? <laughs> okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> Wrap up that piece of news. Christmas Eve and Christmas Day games this year as well. Uh kind of bums me out, I'm not going to lie, that there's Christmas Day games because me mm-hmm. personally, NBA is a Christmas Day thing for me. I watch all the NBA games on Christmas Day. Now, now, unfortunately, I have to move to NFL football. I should say, unfortunately, I'll be happy to watch NFL football. But, like, I feel like the NFL can just, like, take Christmas Eve. Just let that be your day. Mm-hmm. Literally, just play every game on Christmas Eve. Not every game, but if you're going to schedule games on both, just put a ball on Christmas Eve. Yes. I don't think you need to have overlapping competition with other sports markets. That doesn't make sense to me. But that's my business marketing brain going to work. So, that wraps out <laughs> news and notes for the week, let's turn the corner to probably the most exciting part of our episode. The first ever Fantasy Football Fellas Rookie Mock Draft. Let's do it. I have got, uh, we are going to be using the Sleeper app for this.
2: Um, not a sponsor. Not a sponsor.
0: Not a sponsor for this <clears throat> excuse me for this draft. No, I'm working on getting it pulled up on my screen. That's why I'm taking so long here. There we go. I got the screen share up. You're going to be able to see the draft. Uh hopefully if you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see the draft as we go through it. If you're on the podcast, I'm so sorry. You can go to our YouTube Fancy Football Fellows uh to see the draft as we go through it live. But Tyler, you have the first overall pick. Cameron, you have pick number two. I have pick number three. We are going to execute a three round rookie mock draft uh, where we just alternate picks one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. We'll go through three rounds and we'll give you some of our favorite picks and we'll give you uh, some analysis on why we like each of those picks as well. I don't think I need to preface it any more than that. We're not drafting for teams either, right? Like if Tyler drafts Mm -hmm. like three running backs with the 101 or, you know, with the 101, the 212 and the 301, that's not like a team he's creating. It's just, we're doing best player available all the way down the board and who we would take if we were Mm -hmm. in said spot with said players off the board. I think I've explained that well enough. Is there anything I didn't explain that we need clarifications on?
2: It's straightforward.
0: It's straightforward. That was kind of my thoughts, too. Bada bing, bada boom. Let's do this thing, fellas. Tyler, with the 101, you are on the clock.
2: Oh, brother. Do I stall this out? Please don't.
0: Please don't.
2: (laughs) Uh, It's Brees Hall. I mean, the running back position is a, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a... Uh, Scarcity. Yes, there it is. Thank you. And Brees Hall, by far the best running back coming out of this class. He goes into a situation where he's going to take lead responsibilities. Brees Hall's the obvious choice.
1: Would agree.
0: I don't think anybody dis- is disagreeing with you there whatsoever. Nobody at all. So, Brees Hall, 101. We've gotten questions on it, though, of like, should the 101 be Brees Hall it doesn't matter if you think Drake London is going to have a better year this year if Traylon Burks is going to have it like it doesn't matter the scarcity at the running back position requires you to take Brees Hall 101 because that dude can be special he could be a Mm -hmm. special talent in the league and that's not something you want to miss out with the scarcity at the position at the 101 so 100% agree Cameron you're at the 102 what are your thoughts
1: here so I could be talked into going wide receiver. If I was going to go wide receiver here, I'd be really torn between Drake London and Traylon Burks. But again, running backs—you need to take them. I'm going Kenneth Walker. Really? I don't think we're—I Rash- don't think Rashad Penny sticks around after this year in Seattle, um, because this year is going to go one of two ways. He's either going to be really good, and they're not going to want to pay him. Or he's going to be really bad, and they're not going to want to play him. So Kenneth Walker will shit split time this year. But then next year, you know, I think he really takes over this offense. I think he's going to be a much better pass catcher um, than he showed. So I'm going to take Kenneth Walker at the 102.
0: That's so fascinating to me. Mostly because a lot of the people I've been listening to within the industry like they think Kenneth Walker, like you can kind of wait on Kenneth Walker until the one hundred four, one hundred five range, mm-hmm. right? Like, like you said, uh, Drake London, Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson, even could be there. Um, which then brings them to me, right? Do to top wide, top wide receivers, top running backs are off the board? I'm sitting and I'm staring at Drake London and Traylon Burks. This is exactly where I was in our rookie. Uh, draft literally like two weeks ago <laughs> 103 mm-hmm. first two running backs are off the board what in the world do I do um, and I am going to take the guy who I have the most faith in to be the top rookie wide receiver this year and that actually is Traylon Burks um, the thing uh, about Traylon Burks I, there's so many discussions about whether it should be Drake London, Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson. Here's my thing: Why I'm still taking Traylon Burks over Drake London. I, the Tennessee Titans' offense to me, is better than the Atlanta Falcons' offense. Can we agree on that? Mm-hmm. Can we yeah. also agree that that Kyle Pitts is a better secondary weapon than Robert Woods? Can we agree on that?
2: Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Can we also agree that Kyle Pitts will probably soak up more targets than Robert Woods will this year?
1: Considerably more? Yeah.
0: Considerably more. Okay. We don't have to break that down. But
1: Woods might not be healthy. That's why I say that. Sure.
0: Okay. Well, that makes sense then. The Tennessee Titans gave up their franchise wide receiver in a deal because they didn't want to pay him, and now Traylon Burks is replacing that. There is some substantial investment in Traylon Burks to make sure that he lives up to A.J. Brown expectations, and maybe not live up to, but the point is Drake London was drafted into a situation to be the wide receiver one. Traylon Burks was drafted mm. into a situation to replace the wide receiver one because they didn't want to pay him, right? I feel like there is more emotional... And, like, gotta-make-it-work investment in Traylon Burks than there is in Drake London. So, I think Traylon Burks pays off more quickly, and I think he has just as successful as a fantasy career as Drake London does down the road. And also, like, I'm sorry, <laughs> like, as much as I love, like, Marcus Mariota's rushing upside, when I'm talking about wide receivers and his passing upside, I'm still taking Ryan Tannehill over Marcus Mariota. Like, just because Ryan Tannehill had a down season, I I'm still taking him over Marcus Mariota ten times out of ten for whoever's throwing my wide receiver the football so yeah i'm going Traylon burks at three i don't think you can really change my mind otherwise on that tyler you're back on the clock at 104
2: yeah um the one player that you can make an argument for right here at 104 is james cook just because again scarcity of running backs to me that's a little early just because far we don't early know- for me it, it like you. We don't really know what his role is going to be this year. Like, it, it could take him a while to actually like get some NFL game time. We don't know, so that's why I think the one o four is a little early for Cook. So that means you got to look wide receiver, and I'm going to spice it up a little bit here, and I'm going to go Garrett Wilson here. I don't mind that at all.
1: That's why I was going to take it the one o five,
2: and it really comes. Can you guys hear that, by the way? Is yeah, I can hear it, but it's mic? also
0: coming through on my end. So I'm not sure if it's actually coming through the system. But I can hear it yeah. in the background okay. so okay. <laughs> of yours.
2: <laughs> yeah, I tried muting the sound. Didn't do a thing. So, um, Anyway, um, it really comes down to Drake London and Garrett Wilson here. Drake London probably has the easiest or he has the most accessibility to targets and potential production and in, in fantasy this year out of the wide receivers. Um, but I, I'm kind of, I, I'm kind of anticipating a Kyle Pitts transition a little bit for Drake London, where it will take him a little bit of uh you know, it will take him a couple of games to kind of get up to speed. And I think Garrett Wilson coming out of the draft was the best wide receiver. He, I don't understand the arguments that Garrett Wilson is not the wide receiver one in the jets offense at this moment. Like Garrett Wilson is the wide receiver one in the jets offense. And he's going to be the guy that's in the, on the slant game or going on the out routes and all that stuff. Like he, he will give volume. So that's why I'm taking him here at the one Oh four.
0: He's also in a situation where there's not cornerback ones on him constantly. Right, like elijah moore still may end up drawing a lot of that cornerback one coverage so garrett wilson may actually wow man my voice is all over the place tonight garrett wilson <laughs> may actually like end up like being free on quite a few routes i mean dude's a fantastic route runner so yeah no i don't mind that pick at all i mean seriously when you have traylon burks garrett wilson and drake london and you have to make a decision between the three I would rather have someone make the decision for me so I know who to pick than at the 105, which, Cameron, I can only imagine who you're going with at the 105 You know,
1: We've said his name enough times. I've taken Drake London. I don't see any way he's under 110 targets this year. They just have no one else in that offense to throw to. I'm not saying they're quality targets, but he's going to get a ton of targets, and he's so big, you got to think he scores a lot of touchdowns, or maybe not a lot this year, but you know, eight touchdowns doesn't feel out of the realm of possibilities for him this season. Um, and moving forward, he's he's got great upside. First wide receiver taken in the draft, you know they're going to invest in him. You don't take a guy at the whatever the eighth pick unless you're really all in on him. So, got to think quarterback situation is only going to get better from here. He's only going to get better. Pitts, like we said with Wilson um, and Elijah Moore, Pitts probably going to draw the quarterback one most games. You know, I mean because he's just that much of a mismatch when you don't put that guy on him, and so. He's he's the obvious guy here at 105. I would have, I thought I was going to get Wilson here. I thought Ty was going to take Drake London because I also have Wilson over London, um, but I could not pass up London here.
0: No, and especially when you're looking at the next two guys, and this is where like the second decision of the draft comes in, right, or maybe the third. Mm-hmm. Right, Brees Hall is the clear 101. The next debate is: Are you going to take a, a running back or wide receiver at the 102? Your third decision is then okay, which wide receiver am I taking? Now when you get to, like, the 106, assuming these are the first five guys off the board, now you're sitting and you're looking at Chris Olave, who winds up in a pretty darn good situation in New Orleans. Uh, as, a number, as a number two wide receiver to Michael Thomas, may end up being the wide receiver one because that's the other piece of news we didn't share. Michael Thomas still may not be healthy. Like, there are still a few hurdles in his recovery, according to Dennis Allen. I hate hearing that. If, uh, upon hearing that, I, I'm out on Michael Thomas completely. I want nothing to do with him in any of my leagues this year. I'm not touching him with the 10-foot pole. So Chris Lave becomes extremely intriguing. But then you have Jameson Williams, who, if it weren't for his ACL tear, would have been the number one wide receiver in this draft, and he probably would have gone, like, do you think the Jets would have taken him at four in the draft? Like, would that have been a possibility? I
1: don't, I don't think he passed up on sauce.
0: I mean, hindsight like twenty twenty, but like thinking about it,
1: maybe, but I don't think they could have. I don't think, I don't but know. I do think he'd be really high. Like that, their next pick and the Falcons pick, you would have been in consideration there. Oh,
0: absolutely, absolutely, he would have been. So I guess that's more so my point of like, Jameson Williams would have clearly mm-hmm. been the wide receiver one here, and if it weren't for his ACL tear, he, you know, again, he would have been the number one wide receiver. I'm still buying into the talent of Jamison Williams. So I am actually going to take him ahead of Chris Olave here at the 106. Um, this is dynasty. Jameson Williams will come back. They were able to repair his knee uh, perfectly. Um, I, I had read a report where, um, not that his ACL tear was like less than previous, or any other ACL tears, but uh, there was something that had to do with his recovery where, He was far more likely to return to full steam than someone who had torn their ACL completely. Um, Don't quote me on any of that, but um, I I will take Jameson Williams over Chris Alave here. I just have confidence in the long-term talent um, and the, at one point, clear-cut wide receiver one in this draft. Ty, you're back on the clock at 107.
2: Yeah, I will I'll try to speed this up because we're already 40 minutes and we've got two more rounds. So, um <laughs> this is where I start to consider James Cook, right? I said 104 was a little early. 107 is where I start to consider um but you've got to go Chris Olave Chris Olave here at 107. He's probably got the highest floor out of all rookie receivers honestly this year. Um and really the these five wide receivers can go in any order honestly like if you if you like Wilson more than Burks I I wouldn't bat an eye at it I mean I totally understand it if you like Jameson as a wide receiver one just because he could if he was healthy he I mean he has the highest ceiling that's what I'm trying to say he has the highest the highest ceiling if you want him as your wide receiver one totally get it so Olive here at 107 to me seems like a no brainer
0: yeah, which begs an interesting question. It seems like Chris Olave is the 107 at every point in every mock draft that I have seen done. Why does Chris Olave always have to be the 107? And, like, we can give quick answers on this, but, like, why is he always the 107? Like, why doesn't he go ahead of Jameson Williams? Why doesn't he go ahead of Traylon Burks? Why doesn't he? Garrett Wilson, even. Who's, like, Garrett Wilson is still in competition for targets. Like, let's get that clear. Like, even though Garrett Wilson may be the wide receiver one, like he has two other viable targets. Three, if you want to include CJ Uzum, I, one, bat, and I. Four, if you want to include Michael Carter. Like other viable targets around him to soak up, you know, some of those targets. So why is Chris Olave always at seven?
1: I think it's because he kind of played third fiddle last year in uh, um, Ohio State. You know, he was... He was kind of – he was the third target behind Garrett Wilson and uh, – ja- Smith and Jake, uh, Jackson. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Um, and so I, I, I think that's kind of where it comes from. It doesn't – I don't think it takes away from his talent. They were just saying, like, those two other wide receivers in Ohio State are just that much more talented, you know. And so I kind of think that's where it comes from. But like you said, he's got a great spot. He's still super, super talented.
0: Super talent. Like, Um, if I have the 107 in my drafts, I'm thrilled if Chris Olave falls to me. Mm -hmm. Like, if I get any of those top five wide receivers, I'm thrilled. Even Kenneth Walker. Right. I think one through seven, you can be pretty satisfied. Uh, Which then Cameron puts you on the clock with 108. This is where it starts to get interesting now. Because those are the top seven Mm -hmm. guys. It's consensus. And what order do you want to put them in after Brees Hall at the 101, I think, is up for debate. But where do you go here at the 108 now?
1: I think I'm going to pass on Cook um, just because I don't know exactly what his role is going to be. You know, he could just be a pass catcher, and I don't want to put the one away here. That leaves me with three wide receivers I look at right now. Um, I'm actually not going to look at Jahan Dotson here. I'm going to look at George Pickens, Sky Moore, and Christian Watson because I, I believe in the talent of all three but I don't think I'm going to go Pickens here because I'd I'd rather swing for the fences, you know, because Pickens has a chance to be wide receiver two, but he's not going to overtake Deontay Johnson and Mitch Trubisky's going to do for him. Sky Moore's got Patrick Mahomes. Christian Watson's got Aaron Rodgers. Just kind of comes down to who you're taking between the two. I am going to go with Christian Watson because I think the Packers are just that much more desperate for wide receiver talent that even if he's not great, he has to get targets. They took him that high. They just need someone big on the outside. I know Lazard's there, but he's not as nearly as athletic as Christian Watson. I don't actually love Watson as a prospect, but the landing spot you just can't pass up on, so I'm going to take Watson here.
0: I was so hoping you would take Sky Moore Pickens and make my decision <laughs> at the 109 extremely easy. Because <laughs> no, now I'm looking at the you. I'm looking at the 109 and I'm scratching my head. Cause on the one hand, I feel like it's obvious I should take Sky Moore. I'm like I get why people are excited on, on about James Cook, but give me a reason why I should trust anything Buffalo does with their running backs. Like they have been the definition of like non-committal, right? Like yeah. right when they want to commit to somebody, they get cold feet, and they're like, oh no, no wait, wait. wait. Actually, you know what? Why don't we give. Devin Singletary, 20 touches this week. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. We gave him too many last week. What if we actually go back to Zach Moss? But wait, we also have Matt Breida on the right. It's like, I don't know what the Bills are going to do with their running backs. I don't want to play that headache game. On the other hand, like, I don't think it's fair to just assume that Sky Moore is going to be the superstar talent with Patrick Mahomes. Like, the the landing spot is exciting. But they have Juju Smith-Schuster who, at this point, I would still rank ahead of Sky more because I know what Juju Smith-Schuster can do. They signed yeah. Marquez Valdez-Candling. Big body, 6'4", speedster, right? Like, talented, talented guy. Got to learn how to catch football a little bit better, but I digress. They have Mecole Hardman, who's been in that system forever. They have Travis Kelsey, who is going to be the number one target. Like, I don't know if it's fair to assume Sky Moore just comes in and it's like, oh, Tyreek Hill, 110 targets this year, no question. Like, I don't think it's fair to assume that. And you look at George Pickens. Deontay Johnson's in a contract year. If they don't want to pay him the big bucks, does George Pickens become wide receiver one next year if they don't bring Deontay back? I mean, this is where it becomes a headache for me. So. I think what I'm going to do is I am going to play running back roulette, and I am going to take James Cook here, mostly because I want – and this is PPR, so I'm going to trust James Cook is actually going to get quite a bit of the receiving work this year. Devin Singletary is in a contract here. Uh, they may not bring him back. So I am going to take the chance on James Cook here, mostly because at this point, like as, as exciting as Sky Moore seems in Kansas City – I, I don't think it's a guarantee He's he just produces top 25 numbers off rip. I think James Cook can get sure. to top 25 numbers eventually at a position that desperately needs running backs to produce more uh, upper-tier numbers. So I am going to lean James Cook there at the 109.
2: Hmm. Tyler, you're on no, the clock I one Yeah, one this leaves me in a horrible spot. Um, because I could go like with five different players it I would feel okay with here at one ten <laughs> um <laughs> so I'll just start weeding them out. Pickens, I think it's a little early i I think part of my thing is like attitude with Pickens because he is a, I'll call it a free spirit to be nice <laughs> um. Dotson's interesting, too, just because Washington took him so early in the first round that they that they saw something that they like and that they want yeah. to utilize. And in some ways, I kind of like Dotson a little more than Sky Moore just because Sky Moore has the hardest fight for targets, as Lucas alluded to earlier with all of their wide receivers. Then I look at running back, and I'm like, Damian Pierce is nice. But then I look at quarterback, and I'm like, can he pick it? Really? And with that being this said... This isn't super flex. Yeah, I'm going Jahan Dotson here. <laughs> okay, I was going to say. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I was going to build some suspense. But, um, no, my my reasoning for Dotson at 110 is solely because Washington took him at 16. They took him so much higher than so many people were expecting. And I wonder if it's borderline that they – or actually, not borderline. I wonder if they see a bit of Curtis Samuel in Jahan Dotson a little bit where at just mm-hmm. he's just a playmaker, right? Like that was his thing at Penn State was he made plays happen. He made good things happen when he had the ball in his hands. So that's – you could call it optimism with Jahan Dotson. It's not a guarantee that he produces right away rookie year. Also just because he will also be fighting for, you know – for production with guys like De'Ami Brown, who t- was taken in the third round two years ago now, um, and Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin, right? But with them taking Dotson so high, it, they like him a lot.
1: Yeah.
0: 100%. Yeah, I think at this point it's really it's interesting with the wide receivers that are on the board. Again, because after you get to James Cook, you do look at the Jahan Dotsons, so this guy more the Pickens, right? What order do you take mm. these guys in? Um, so Cameron, I guess that, that leads to you then with 111. Are you going another wide receiver here?
1: I am going another wide receiver. I actually liked the film I saw on Skymore. I'm taking that upside. I know, like you said, they had Juju. He's on a one-year, though. There's that chance that Sky Moore outplays him this year. I don't think he does personally, but I do think they're going to see enough where they like him. Being a tashback from Holmes, I just don't think you can beat it, so I'm taking Sky Skymore
0: i think i would agree again with the 109 i am so extremely torn of mm-hmm. I, you could go any of these guys and i went bat I. it comes down to preference really the 112 yeah. to wrap out the first round i am going to take george pickens here again deontay in a contract year with how many wide receiver moves we've seen this off season i don't think it's a guarantee pittsburgh just brings him back um, so I think yeah. I think they could let Deontay walk. I think George Pickens is extremely talented. I think he fell into the right system with Mike Tomlin to help him. Kind of, if character is a concern, Mike Tomlin will get that figured out. Um, look, he dealt for with sure. he dealt with Antonio Brown for how many years? I don't I don't think George Pickens is anywhere close. I don't know. I guess maybe I shouldn't assume. But my point being is that we've seen Mike Tomlin deal with character issues before. So if George if that's an issue, George Pickens fell into the perfect. Spot. Now, I don't know if I really believe in Kenny Pickett long term, but I will take a chance on that upside of getting a wide receiver one at the tail end of round one in George Pickens in future years. All right, that wraps out the first round. So, the first round we had Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Jameson Williams, Chris Olave, Christian Watson, James Cook, Jahan Dotson, Sky Moore, George Pickens. Let's move on to round two now. We are a bit into this podcast. Let's uh, let's clip it along a little bit. Uh, can give our pick, give the reason why we made our pick in like one or two sentences, and we'll just speed through these next two rounds here. Because honestly, we'll get to some names after you know <laughs> probably two thirds of the way through the second round, and it'll be some people will be like, "What?" We'll just be like, "Yeah, film's good. Opportunity's good. Next, right?" Like that might be mm-hmm. it, honestly. So, uh, Ty, you're on the clock with the two oh one. What do you yeah, think here? Some, ne- some keep, interesting names on the board.
2: Yeah, I'll keep this sh- short and sweet. I'm going Damien Pierce here at the 201. I thought he was for sure going to go 112 to you, Lucas. But, um, look, he's got a pretty advantageous situation in Houston where he will get utilized. For sure, just because they have no one else. I mean, Marlon Mack, if you're really going to look and read between the lines and you're really going to be afraid that Marlon Mack is going to steal carries away from Damian Pierce, I don't know what to tell you. Damian Pierce uh, is probably the next best – he is most definitely the next best running back, and he's probably going to be the best running back that goes in round two.
0: Yep. Yeah, he has the opportunity, and the knock is – coach just didn't want to use him in college right like split i think is a little bit of an overstatement even right like damian pierce did not split carries he like saw some carries but when he saw carries he was explosive and he has opportunity mm-hmm. and that's all you can ask for in fantasy so yeah i'm with you there tyler camera 202 what do you
1: think i'm taking isaiah spiller i know he's a day three pick i know it's a little late but even with eckler there there's no way eckler commands 300 carries he's just not going to they need someone else and everyone we've seen in Los Angeles just has not looked good. So he's going to get opportunity. And I liked what I saw in college. Um, I thought he was looked better than Kenneth Walker, but obviously he did not test well and I or didn't test at all. And then so I think that's what really dropped him. And so I think he'll be just fine, and I think he will be a great complement for the next two years with Eckler until he takes over.
0: Yeah, Isaiah Spiller is an interesting one. I think that's really it comes down to personal preference at the end of the day of where are you going to like how do you prioritize Spiller and his role in that Chargers offense with Austin Eckler. So um, I, I don't hate the pick at all. I think it's 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 a fine spot to have him go. I'm on the clock here. And I'm torn. I'm looking at a couple guys. I'm looking at Rashad White, I'm looking at David Bell, I'm looking at Alec Pierce. And I might shock the world here. I think I'm gonna go Alec Pierce.
1: Yeah.
0: and my reason I, I, I'm just I was crunching Matt Ryan's numbers and his wide receivers numbers the other day uh, and I just posted a video about this on TikTok today Matt Ryan's wide receiver two over the years uh, here's, here's what their stat line has been 66 targets uh, this is like over the past five years their seasonal average so they've averaged 96 targets every year 66 receptions on those 96 targets 789 yards Six touchdowns, good for at least a wide or not at least good for an average wide receiver thirty finish every year. Look, I understand that Indianapolis is running a different system. I understand they're more run heavy, but I'll tell you what: um, if even we get like a Walmart Julio and Calvin Ridley with Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce, like in my mind, like that's enough to put Alec Pierce on the flex radar every week. I don't think that's unreasonable to think. So, mm-hmm. I love Alec Pierce. six three two eleven. Has the prototypical possession wide receiver. is a burner, too. He can get downfield. Um, so, I'm going Alec Pierce there with the 203. Tyler, 204. Just drafted Damian Pierce. Got a few interesting names on the board, but where are you going?
2: I'm going John Mechie here. And the the main reason why is because before Jameson Williams kind of took over slash when Mechie had his injury John Mechie was a wide receiver one in that Alabama offense and now he's going to Houston where he's only i mean when he hel- when he's healthy he's only going to be fighting Brandon Cooks for targets like Nico Collins mm-hmm. is not a threat Chris Conley is not a threat mm-hmm. So Mechie's gonna be able to step in right away and be able to produce. Yep.
0: Yeah, I, I think John Mechie is a name that's gonna get overlooked in rookie drafts, and I think that's dangerous to overlook him. Um I think I think he's absolutely worth taking early second round if you have a need out wide receiver. I think John Mechie can absolutely produce. Cameron, two oh five.
1: I'm going David Bell. I think that he is a going to be the number two in Cleveland and whenever you're attached to Deshaun Watson it's not a bad thing Um, I think he can make contested catches I think he'll be I mean, obviously he ran an awful 40 he's not lightning fast but you know you play like an Anquan Bolden and you have a Deshaun Watson at quarterback you'll be just fine so I'm going to go David Bell
0: Yeah if you didn't take David Bell there I was going to take him at the 206 but because you did um, I think I am leaning um, Rashad White at this point um, lands in a decent decent offense in Tampa Bay. I don't think he gets the bulk of the work right away, but let's be real. Leonard Fournette is aging. Rashad White is coming in hungry. Dude said he came in to start, right? Like, he didn't come in to be a backup. Like, dude is coming in hungry. He's got a great size to be both uh, three down back, be a power runner, and a great receiving back. He has great hands. He has such great hands. So I have a lot of faith in Rashad White. I think it's an investment that's not for this year, but I think it is for – next year and you know 2023 and 2024 for sure i think we could start to hear rashad white's name a lot more so i'm going rashad white yep. to 206 tyler 207
2: and we see our first quarterback off the board here and i'm going kenny pickett um
0: Ooh, interesting
2: there there are only a couple guys that i would really consider here instead of pickett um but I think Pickett at this point is going to be the most, or he's going to score you the most fancy points in the nearest future with whoever, with the guys that are left on the board. <laughs> that
1: was an interesting. Wow. <laughs> wow. That was interesting. What was that?
0: That was sleeper. So sleeper now may oh. has noises whenever you make picks. So that's probably what you heard.
2: Yeah. Um, but again, yeah, Kenny Pickett's going to be scoring the most fantasy points out of anyone that's left on the board at this point. So this is probably where this is where I feel comfortable with Pickett.
1: All right, I'm up next, so I'll go Brian Robinson. After what Ron Rivera said, um, he is going to be splitting some carries with Antonio Gibson. You know, if he's already if he's already saying he's going to get touches before he's even getting a training camp um i'm going to take the shot on brian robinson here
0: yeah i don't hate that at all because i think you're now you're in the running back range where it's like take your pick who's your favorite guy take your pick um this point i don't think I'm, i'm thinking i'm going to stop the run on running backs only because i'm looking at them now i just don't have as much confidence in them as i do at as i do with one wide receiver that i'm looking at And that wide receiver is Jalen Tolbert. Mm -hmm. Um, He is probably coming into a situation where he will be the wide receiver two to start the season. uh, If Michael Gallup doesn't play, I know Dallas Goddard is there. um, Or not Dallas Goddard, excuse me. Dalton Schultz. Thank you. I always get the two mixed up. They're being drafted right next to each other. Dalton Schultz. Um, I am taking Jalen Tolbert there. Uh, Eventual wide receiver two, at least wide receiver three. We saw relevant numbers come from those guys and I don't think it's a guarantee some of these running backs on the board pan out right now. Like Zamir White might be the uh, the only guy that I consider, but Vegas didn't pick up any fifth year options on any of their guys uh, on, and on any of the three of them. Cleveland Farrell, I just didn't expect them to. Josh Jacobs was a little bit surprising, but I I'm just I'm not worried about it. My gut feeling is to not be worried, mm. so I'm taking Jalen Tolbert there, mostly because I'm just looking at the running backs and I. Don't know if I can trust any of them to pan out at this point. So Tyler, that brings you back at the two ten now.
2: Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm at at this point because I'm the running backs. The only ones I would consider are Zamir White and Tyler Algier. And I would lean Algier over Zamir White, but I don't. I'm not. I. It doesn't sit right with me. And I think the guy that I'm actually going to go with is Trey McBride.
0: Yep. yep i was waiting for him to go
2: and i he's he's tight end one in in the waiting in arizona and yes Zach Ertz just signed a three-year deal and whatnot but he's going into a high volume offense in arizona and if they can figure out how to keep kyler upright and not have him scramble around all over the place especially now with d hop suspended mm-hmm. there is an opportunity for mcbride to really kind of show up if he sees the field
0: Yeah, uh, if you didn't take him at the 210 and Cameron didn't take him at the 211, he was going 212 to me. I honestly think we might have let Trey McBride slide a little bit too far. Honestly, Mm -hmm. if you want to take him mid-second round, just get a premium at the position eventually. I I don't hate that. I don't mind that at all. So I think that if you can get Trey McBride at the 210 in your league, I think that's a win. That's a major win win for you. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, no, I I love that pick. I think we probably let him slide a little too far, but... Uh, it's all opinion at that point. So, camera 211, you're on the clock.
1: I'm going to shock the world, and I'm going draft capital. Going my guy, Mr. Tyrion Davis Price yep. here uh-huh. um, at the 211. I just. Trey Sermon does not mean that all third round running backs are not going to work out in San Francisco. Um, you don't take a guy this high again. Um, I don't even. They didn't have a first-round pick, so this is like their second pick or whatever, or their third pick. And so you don't take a guy that high unless you're going to use him or plan on using him unless he sucks in um, training camp. So I think he gets some touches. And Elijah Mitchell and all San Francisco 49er running backs don't exactly stay healthy all the time. So he's going to see the field. I mean, it'll probably be a gross pick, but that's kind of what they all are here. So I'm going to go with a guy that has a chance to see the field this season.
0: At the same time, he could just be Trey Sermon, part two. He definitely could right? be. Right? Or it's just like, we just don't know. But also, mm-hmm. like when you do look at an Algier, and you do look at a Zamir White, like they drafted this guy with capital. And yep. the 49ers will use the running backs. So I don't I don't hate the pick whatsoever. <sighs> you guys didn't leave me in a good spot because uh, I, I am clueless on what I want to do here now. And, I mean, I'm really deciding between Tyler Algier or Zamir White. And this is the situation I, this is the exact situation I found myself in <laughs> in our in our rookie draft mm-hmm. um, not too long ago. Um, do I take Tyler Algier or do I take Zamir White? On the one hand, I like Tyler Algier because they want CPAT to play more wide receiver this year. They let Mike Davis go. Damian Williams isn't as big of a threat to me. And you know what? When I look at um, Arthur Smith. He likes power running backs. Tyler Algier is the definition of a power running back. That dude is powerful. However, mm-hmm. Oakland may have just gone out and got their guy in Zamir White, who looked really good in college, right? Like I love Zamir yeah. White's film. But you're sitting on Zamir White behind Josh Jacobs. He won't be relevant this year. Like if they re sign Josh Jacobs, Zamir White may even be less relevant the following year. And with Mike McDaniels, he likes a system of running backs. So Zamir White also gives me some heebie-jeebies. But Tyler Algier could be nothing in the NFL. He was a fifth-round yeah. pick. He could be nothing. So with that in mind, I think I am going to take Zamir White here, though it doesn't mean in our rookie draft I, I regret taking Algier. I think I needed to swing for the fences at running back with the state my current team is in. And I needed to swing for the fence. And I don't think Zamir White was a big enough fence swinging for me. But if you're fine at running back with your team and your rookie draft, I, I think I would lean Samir White over Tyler Algier just because of draft capital yeah, and just it. because of the situation and just because of the offense. So I've taken mm-hmm. Samir White two twelve there. All right, we enter into the third round now. Part of me is just like, let's just clip through these names because uh, a lot of people don't know, won't be as familiar with these people, but uh, we'll, we'll pick. We'll let them know kind of their spot in the offense and why they have upside. That's kind of where I'm at. All right. So, uh, Tyler, 3-on-1, you're on the clock.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go Wandale Robinson here. This is 3 3-on-1 is probably going to be – he's probably going to be gone before 3 one in most rookie drafts, honestly. I just think that us three, the fellas, we just are very confused with the Wandale Robinson pick still. Um, but it's kind of the same logic that I used with um, – Oh, shoot, with Johan Dotson. Right. The Giants took Wandale in the second round. They want to use mm-hmm. him. It may not be this year, but down the road, most certainly they want to. Whether that means that certainly Shepard's out, Kenny Galladay's on his way out in the future, whatever. Wanda Robinson will be utilized in some way in New York.
0: Yep. Yeah. yeah. They drafted him with, again, another capital pick. They went out and got this guy, so they want to utilize him, would be my guess. Cameron, 302.
1: Talking about draft capital, I'm going to take another head-scratching wide receiver in Tyquan Thornton. Yep. Um, he's a speedster. They don't really have anyone. I mean, they got Jacoby Myers, and they refuse to use Kendrick Bourne, um, but I'm going to take Tyquan Thornton on the upside in draft capital.
0: This is where I'm going to go, Tyler Algier. Oh. I'm not afraid of Damian Williams. I look, I love going back and watching tape of Tyler Algier, like I am in love with his power back ability. And he's not just like north and south. Like he has a little bit of shift in him. He has a little bit of wiggle in him. Not not a ton, but mm. again, I think of power backs in an Arthur Smith offense. Cordero Patterson was not an Arthur Smith running back. Mike Davis was not a Arthur Smith running back. Like Mike Davis has a little bit more power in him, but like Mike Davis is on his way out. Like he's he's no spring chicken either. So, Tyler Algier, I'm I'm going pure upside here. Again, I'm just looking at some of the names coming up here. Um, yeah, it's a pure upside pick. So, Tyler Algier at the at the 303. Tyler 304.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna go Desmond Ritter here. I love um, it. Um, I was thinking about Malik Willis, and I thought. Back to kind of, again, the Falcons offense where they utilize a run game with a power back, but then they like to use play action. And you know who Desmond Ritter really reminds me of? Marcus Mariota and Ryan Tannehill.
0: I was going to say, I was going to throw out Ryan Tannehill.
2: Ryan Tannehill and Marcus Mariota, both mobile-ish quarterbacks that are best used in play action. Desmond Ritter is the exact same way. So I think Ritter has the best chance of producing Soon ish compared to Malik Willis because he is going to sit behind Tannehill for a bit. Um, but I could totally understand going Malik Willis maybe even earlier just because of the upside that he does have.
0: Yep, 100%. I, I do agree. I think in rookie drafts, you do have to draft Desmond Ritter ahead of Malik Willis, no matter how much you love Malik Willis's talent. I 100% agree with that. Cameron 305,
1: take Kyron Williams. Um, for the rams you know we talked about cam makers earlier do we really know how he's going to perform and they obviously didn't love daryl henderson if they just completely replaced him after cam makers came back so why not take a guy who looked good on film a lot of people liked him tested terrible but you know has a chance to carve out a nice little role for him especially this late in the draft so i'm going to take Kyron.
0: 306 i'm going khalil shakir um, this is this screams future slot wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills. And you, I looked at this number the other day when I was statting out the Buffalo Bills. Do you know Cole Beasley saw 110 targets in 2020? So they love That's using slot receiver. Um, so I am. I look. They signed Jameson Crowder to a one year deal. I think he'll be kind of the a one year thing in Buffalo. But give Khalil Shakir a year, he'll be the great. He'll be. He'll fit in perfect with that dynamic, fast paced offense. I love Khalil Shakir. If I can get Khalil Shakir in the third round at this point, I'm thrilled. So, yeah, Khalil Shakir at the 306 for me. Tyler's 307.
2: I'm going to go Malik Willis here. Wow, yes, you butt. It's <laughs> two straight quarterbacks, but I feel like a Malik Willis pick here is just solely because of upside. That's it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Uh love Malik Willis there. Like I said, you butt. Because if he, if you were Cameron didn't take him the next two picks, he was going to be my next pick, Cameron 308.
1: I'm going uh, Ty's guy right here, Pierce Strong. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's a gross situation, but Damian Harris might leave next year. Reminder Stevenson's been in the Bill Belichick doghouse before. Maybe he kind of climbs his way up, and next year he is the lead back. You know, we know he has the talent. So, again, I mean, that's all you're drafting on right now with running backs in the third round is that, just potential upside. So I'm going to take Pierce strong.
0: I'm going to take another running back and I am going to go to Keontae Ingram here. Um, someone's got to do some kind of work behind James Conner and I don't trust James Conner to stay healthy a full year. That's just mm-hmm. it. And I don't think they want to lean on Eno Benjamin. Just not the kind of guy that screams great backup running back. I don't know. Not that Keontae Ingram really does either. But if something happens to James Conner, which has been known to happen, uh, I will take uh, the first guy up, which could be Keontae Ingram. So uh, late third round, Keontae Ingram at the 309. Last three picks here, gentlemen. Tyler, 310. Who are you going with?
2: Um, I'm going to explain this before making my pick. Uh, who is the wide receiver for Denver that just got arrested today?
1: Mr. Jerry Judy.
2: So who, who are some uh, beneficiaries of Jerry Judy potentially missing time? Cortland Sutton, Sutton KJ Ham,
1: Patrick,
2: Albert, Albert, o. Albert O. Right, he's a guy that can because he projects to be the starter, and I'm going Greg Dulcich here because I just don't believe in Albert O. I, I really don't. Mm-hmm. And with Bronco, with Denver taking him in the third round, they see how Dulcich, they see something that Dulcich can actually like fit in their offense. So I'm going to go Greg Dulcich and again that is purely because I just don't believe in Alberto and I could be very mm-hmm. wrong. But I'll go I'll go uh Greg Dulcich here.
0: I'm I'm fine with a little bit of Alberto's slander on here. I think the public's way too high on him. Some people are ready yep. to stake him top 12th. I'm not ready to put him there whatsoever. Tell me the last time Russell Wilson elevated a tight end to top 12 status.
1: Yeah. I agree. All right, with my last pick, I'm going to take another Packers wide receiver, Romeo Dubs. Um, same reason, taking Christian Watson, guy attached to Aaron Rodgers. They just got a mess there. You don't know who's going to come out on top. Um, so, I mean, he's six foot two, 200, so he's got pretty decent size on him. Why not just take the chance?
0: Yeah, you're taking chances on wide receivers at this point. And... Oh, yeah. It's funny because we talk about taking chances, and there's still a wide receiver two for a team on the board. <laughs> I'm not going to take Velas Jones, but I have to throw it out there because he <laughs> is the wide receiver two for the Chicago Bears right now. Uh, Byron Pringle's arrested, like I don't, I don't think Byron Pringle is anything for certain. So, <laughs> I mean, Velas Jones is sitting there. If we're going to talk about volume and opportunity, right? Like he might That's have true. the most volume and opportunity <laughs> left on the board. Again, I am not taking Velas Jones, but I think it's worth saying because. He is someone that I almost considered in a rookie draft, no matter how much I despise that pick for the Chicago Bears. Uh, I am looking at three people here, though. Uh, I'm looking at Tyler Beatty. I'm looking at Justin Ross, and I'm looking at Calvin Austin. I love Calvin Austin. I love the speedster out of of, uh, Memphis. Um, Tyler Beatty, again, with everything in Baltimore, I don't think anything's a guarantee there. Um, Any of those guys, if they're not healthy um Tyler Beatty could step up and play a role but they also just had Mike Davis so I'm not really feeling that pick anymore I'm actually going to lean Justin Ross here and I understand his surgery his procedure is very serious but again at this point and this is like end of the draft right like so maybe maybe you know what maybe I should lean assuming some drafts will go longer than 36 picks uh, you know, I think I will lean Calvin Austin here instead of Justin Ross. Um, that being said, if um, if Justin Ross does fall this far in your draft, if he makes it all the way to the end of like even the fourth round, I think it's worth scooping him up there, just because of the offense he's in. And Justin Ross was a great talent in college, and he falls into mm. Patrick Mahomes' hands, right? I think that could be great, but I I, I can't do it with with Calvin Austin on the board. I'd even look Danny Gray over Mm -hmm. Justin Ross if Debo gets traded. Danny Gray plays a bigger role in that offense now. I really like Danny Gray. I think Kyle Phillips could play a role with Traylon Burks, Robert Woods being the only two guys there. I'm just throwing out a bunch of other names as we kind of close out that we didn't really talk about as much. But Mm -hmm. um, I am going to lean Calvin Austin here for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, That will be my final pick of our rookie mock Draft. So there we have it, <sighs> fellas. How uh, how we how are we feeling? How are we feeling after that mock draft? Uh, are you surprised anybody that fell to you? Uh, are you surprised that you? you feel like you had to reach for anybody that you weren't sure about? Initial thoughts.
1: Honestly, I think we've talked it through enough that it kind of went how I thought. Yeah. Um, you know, like. Knowing, like, Davis Price probably could have waited on, you know, I mean, I don't think he's going this high in normal drafts, but if I have that pick, that's where I'm picking him at. Um, but, yeah, it was journey, but it, it was a good one.
0: I think there was just so many more decisions on guys. Like, I have tiers and clumps of guys, right? Yes. And I know where I have them within their tiers, but when you, like, ask me to pick between Jahan Dotson, Sky Moore, and George Pickens... Like, I still shrug my shoulders, and I'm probably going to pick somebody different every time. Um, But I will tell you, Christian Watson is at the top of that tier, and he is clearly the guy I want there first. That was just kind of my initial thought of, like, ah, crap. Okay. Um, (laughs) James Cook. Throw James Cook in there. Where do you put James Cook now in the first round? Um, Again, I think I found a nice home for him where where I actually think he should land, but that was something else that I I kind of had had thought about during the draft. Tyler, anything from you?
2: Um... I guess not real. I mean, the one running back I thought about uh was Snoop Connor. Yep. Hmm. Just because we don't know the status of James Robinson and we don't really know the status of ETN at this point. Um, so he could kind of be a sneaky get because they've got no one else in Jacksonville, but that's yeah. really the only guy. I mean, Jelani Woods, maybe, maybe. No, I'm um, the
0: Wally Cox believer through are thick I know and thin. You are. I believe in Mo Alley Cox. <laughs> That's my guy. That's my man.
2: I mean, can someone can we tell get me a Mo
0: Alley they... Cox feature on the podcast? We um, need to make that happen.
2: I was gonna say, is there really any difference between Jelani Woods and Mo Alley Cox? <laughs> That's really the other any... thing. They're
0: both they're huge.
2: They're literally the exact same player. So um mm. no, I think majority of these picks are, are yeah, like Cam said, we explained it all and it makes sense, at least in our minds
1: yeah
0: if you want to go see uh the big board for our mock draft you can head on over to our youtube if you're not there already fantasy football fellas on youtube Uh, if you're listening to the pod uh you can go check that out but i think that wraps out our mock draft and another episode of the fantasy football fellas podcast fellas any final thoughts as we close out the episode
1: don't do anything too dumb in dynasty because you regret it a lot longer than redraft.
0: That's a great piece of advice.
2: Yeah. Don't be cute with it. Don't get cute with it. Just do the right thing. Do what's best for your team, but also don't reach because when you reach is when you're desperate. Not a good place to be yet.
0: I can't say anything else other than, uh, you are the only one who can determine the value of your draft picks. Nobody else can determine that value for you. So with that, we wrap up another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellas. You can find us on our socials, FF FFFellas on Twitter, the FF Fellas on Instagram, Fantasy Football Fellas, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. And you know what? Before we close out the episode, I do have one more thing we need to talk about. I think we need to let the people know that there's a chance that they can go to an NFL game of their choosing this next year. I think we need to let them know. Really? We need to let them know. Uh, we have an exciting announcement to make. We, uh, for the upcoming NFL season, we are excited to be partnering uh, with Super Draft. And Super Draft, uh, is a daily fantasy sports platform where you can create daily fantasy lineups with whatever players you want. Uh, similar to DraftKings, you're familiar with DraftKings, you create daily fantasy lineup. you have a budget to create your lineup. The nice thing about Super Draft, though, is that you can make your lineup with whichever players you want. You're not stuck to a budget. That's great because now these players have multipliers. So a guy like Jonathan Taylor, his multiplier, if you want him in your lineup, great. He's not gonna; He doesn't cost you anything extra, but his multiplier is going to be at one. The points that Jonathan Taylor gets will be the points that you receive. Versus if you were to go out and get a guy like Chase Edmonds, let's say. His multiplier for the week might be 1.45. Let's say 1.5 for easier math. So if Jonathan Taylor goes out and scores 20 fantasy points on a given week, Chase Edmonds could go out and score 15, but in Superdraft would score the same amount as Jonathan Taylor with that 1.5 multiplier. So with all that said, go sign up for Superdraft. Using the link in any of our social bios, or you can sign up with the promo code FELLAS, F-E-L-L-A-S. If you sign up, make a first deposit by june 15th you will be entered into a drawing to go to an nfl game of your choosing this year we will give you two tickets up to a hundred dollars value for each ticket you can go to whichever nfl game you want to this year now uh that being said we will be drawing the winner if we hit a hundred first time depositors. so if you want to make that happen go tell your friends to sign up with super Draft using the promo code fellas Right. Once we get 100 first time depositors with our promo code, we'll draw that name by June 15th. We have to hit that number before we do the drawing. So go sign up for Superdraft. We're excited to be partnering with them this next year. Let's get you to an NFL game of your choosing. Let's get you to an NFL game of your choosing. You can go deposit $5 in Superdraft. You're in the drawing. You're in the drawing. So uh, go sign up for Superdraft. Promo code fellows, You can use the link in any of our bios on social media. Now we wrap out another episode of the Fantasy yeah. Football Fellows podcast. Thanks for tuning in tonight. We are three stooges being dudes, the Fantasy Football Fellows. Deuces.
2: Deuces. Deuces.